what moms who have postpartum anxiety want their partners to know. This is an interesting one because when it comes down to women having uh, babies, it's very interesting how they respond, react, because they don't have emotions. Well, they have emotions, but it's something that they can't control. So this is a very important piece of topic that should be discussed among couples, married couples, boyfriend, girlfriend, who decides to have children. So in that case, it's estimated that 10% of women struggle with postpartum anxiety, according to Postpartum Support International. And other studies have suggested that that number may be higher at 20%, maybe to even 25. The systems of PPA, which is also for postpartum anxiety, as it sometimes referred to may include constant excessive worrying, of course, about the baby and stuff like that. Um, intrusive thoughts, obsessive thoughts, feelings of dread, trouble sleeping, changes in appetite, and difficulty concentrating. And that's just a few to mention. Here are some of the things that most moms would want their partners to know and understand when it comes down to them having uh, postpartum anxiety. The first one is researching the condition before the baby came would have helped you learn what the signs to look for. This is one of the one of the ones that they would wish that their partner would have done in the first place, you know, to actually feel their signs of it, know what to expect, when that they're actually coming on to it and things like that. So, you know, I think it's important that when you understand that, then yeah, it's it's something that us men are not going to actually sit down and just be like, oh, are you for real? You know, and we always think that they're saying things, back talking us, and just brutally attacking us, you know, for having feelings and stuff like that, where like 90% of the time, we just don't know. We don't understand it. The second thing that comes to mind is my thoughts are so scary sometimes that I didn't even want them to say it out loud. This is the most brutal one, in my personal opinion. Sometimes a woman can get into their own mind and that anxiety gets so freaking bizarre, severe, that if you mention it to your partner, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You know, hey, I was able to sleep good, you know, or, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping, but I'm thinking about so many things that I can't sleep. I've had nightmares. It's horrible. You know, and these are the things that (laughs) women look at this and men will be like, well, I don't know what else to tell you. That's another problem. And that's when everything just goes out the window. Because us men is not understanding that they're having these problems. When they're having these nightmares. 
It's there. It's there. But it's like, well, we can't really do nothing about it. But that's why we have to do the research. We have to do the homework. We have to take that time out to do it. But me in the term of a dad, it's it gets to that point. It gets to that point that I have to actually sit down and do this and feel and understand what, you know, my daughter's mom is going through. You know, it's it's important. It's very important that these are things that you look for. And otherwise, we're just going to be sitting up here talking about, talking about them and just dogging them out on how bad they are, how brutal, how mean they are. And I've admit it. I've done it, too. I've done it, too. But, you know, it, it, it just takes a lot of understanding, will, homework, and actually understanding what they're going for. yourself in their shoes but worse the third one is, is it was difficult for me to articulate what I was feeling and what I needed from you support could be one of those things believe it or not coming up with a plan is another one especially if you're a new mom but if you're already a mom and you dealt with this before that should be there, point blank, period. You know, once that baby comes out, they're in a whole nother world. They're in a whole nother world. And we have to understand that. And sometimes talking to a mental health professional. Mom and dad, believe it or not. Because they suffocate so much in their raw emotions that I've said it just a couple seconds ago. It's uncontrollable. They cannot control their emotions. They cannot control what they say. These things happen. We have to take a different approach on how they're treating us, us men, and we have to be more understanding because if we're lacking that we're in big trouble and that's why it's difficult for them to explain a lot of the things that they're going on and that's why I've always tried to get my daughter's mom to talk to me what's going on run through me what's going on but she can't think she can think but she can't think because there's so much in her mind she don't know how to explain and that is, to me, the real, the real definition of dealing with those anxieties and trying to help support what's going on. These are just my opinions. You know, it, it, that just, that's how I see it based off reading a lot of these things. The anxiety manifested as a need for control and wanting to do everything myself. This is another one. Not necessarily that the mom want to play mom and dad in this situation, but it's more that the controlling behavior is there. There's nothing we can do about it. Not a damn thing. It's not a criticism of 
the way that we're parenting them or the way that we're looking at this, we didn't we wasn't the one that had the baby. They did. And all of this that's going on, it's a lot of a sense thing. I have a feeling this is what is going on. So the way that they actually approach us and trying to be a parent and saying, hey, you don't know what you're doing and it's not the case, it has nothing to do with that. It's just the present moment. It's the present moment in parenting brings up feelings of uncertainty and powerlessness from the past. It's a cry for help. Period. Let's be more supportive. My irritability and edginess felt impossible to write on. This is, for me, was harder to actually process, especially going into fatherhood. This was really hard for me to accept. I always looked at that and find it more annoying because they're annoying, irritable. I'm now I'm more irritable because of their attitude, their crankiness, and their pure, just brutal words that are so harsh. And it's it can be hurtful, but it's not for it's not for us to be calling them out on or being judgmental about because of what they said or what they did. You know, it's, it's them having this negative reflex. Anything and everything. Believe it or not, that's what it is. It's all, it's all consuming. So, that's what controls the mothers when it comes down to it. It's important. Sometimes it's like what they say all the time. Hey, act some ways, don't take it seriously. You know, they may be going through a lot in life. I think that's the most important thing, but other people have their emotions and their mental health differently. And a lot of people get offended by it. So, that's how you can learn the difference between what they're dealing with versus what we're dealing with. And what would be the bigger problem? the bigger problem. So, yeah, that's a tough one. Because I admit, I fall into that trap. So, when I snap at you in frustration, please know that it wasn't your fault. Like I just mentioned a few seconds ago. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And they're, gonna, they're not necessarily going to look at you as an ally but you are an ally because it's something they can't control. You notice I'm going to say that word for a few minutes. Control. It's something that they cannot control. And sometimes you could be the most helpful person in the world. That doesn't help. They realize it, but it doesn't help. It just doesn't help. The frustration with PPA and all of the systems, it, like agitation, anger, 
often taken out on their partners in an unapologetic way. So sometimes I know men that are fathers intend to actually do take the blame for why the mothers actually snap the way they do, the way that they actually approach them like that. They do take the blame. But let me assure a lot of men out here that are fathers, including myself, it's not your fault. Don't tend to take it personally when it comes to women with PPA. And they got all these other kinds of systems out there. Period. It's not your fault and it's not hers. You know, that's things that you have to learn to work together on. It's hard, but yes. Try. Supportive gestures, even small ones, meant more than you know. know that this probably has nothing to do with it, but I'm going to tell this quick story anyway. A couple of weeks ago, my daughter's mother had suffered a real serious knee injury. I think like fractured her knee. And she was in so much pain that it was hard for her to handle. And I was at work when she texted me because I was actually not responding. I was busy at work. And so when I found out what was wrong with her, and she told me that she had to go to the hospital, I said, well, what was going on? Talk to me. What's going on? She said she broke her knee. She broke her knee. You know, fractured it. Doctors officially. And I was like, okay. The first thing that, well, the first and one and only thing that came into my mind was, well, what can I do? What can I do? The doctors prescribed with some medication. Okay, cool. So what can I do? I text the bag and say, hey, if you like, I could let you borrow my. Um, knee brace, you know, until you heal and get better. She's like, oh, yes, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. If you don't mind. No, not at all. Not at all. I don't mind at all. Because, number one, I don't need it. Two, I got other things that help support me and my knees. Because I have bad knees, too. I have tendonitis. So, that was a, that's another story for another time. Other things that'll help support me. So I let her have that. And who excuse me. She texts me after I gave her the knee brace, put it on her, stuff like that. She texts me back and she was like, you don't understand how much I was appreciative for that. You just don't. I do now. I even did that before. I, I, I knew because 
sometimes a little small gesture could actually bring a lot of appreciation. It means more. And when I gave her that knee brace, it meant to her more than anything in the world. You know, so sometimes you do have to actually be more understanding, more supportive of what's going on instead of, huh, well, you fractured yourself. You fractured your knee, serves you right. Or, you know, laughing at them, making fun of them. It's a serious thing. So you have to actually give appreciation for the small appreciations, and that's what they do. That's what they do. I needed to be reminded that the distressing thoughts in my head were not based on reality. This is one of the ones that could be a harm, a hormone thing, maybe, maybe not. But mainly, it's more the anxiety of how the mother's going to raise her child. And even the mothers with the most, even the experienced mothers, one plus, with those type of experiences, they still deal with those type of anxieties, depressions, the postpartum, believe it or not. And when it comes down to them actually being that mother, they worry about a lot of things. They just worry. And some of them actually do have serious worries with their babies and actually something happens. And that is the most devastating part. This is why they actually do hit that postpartum depression. This is why they actually hit that point that when they think about these things that it actually could be a reality but you have to sometimes look at the positive instead of the negative it's not a reality so you look at that and you know you could do a lot more better things to help raise your child with healthy eating or you know taking them to the doctor regularly to actually get a checkup to see if there's a lot of things that is wrong with the baby if there's not 100% healthy you know and this is a this is an inner dialogue that we're talking about here when it comes down to them thinking about these things I could be wrong because a lot of them could be thinking in a different aspect so that's that and rest played a huge role in helping to manage my anxiety. Yeah, it's true. But guess what? A lot of mothers actually don't get enough sleep. That's why sometimes when I actually have a chance to get my little girl, I do actually get her. And it's Mondays and Tuesdays at times. Sometimes if I have a day off, I'll go if not, then I actually do it in a different way or a different time. But since I'm so busy with work, it's just crazy. So, 
I always try to help any way that I can, regardless to the fact. So she can get the much amount of sleep needed and stuff like that. And sometimes it just plain doesn't work. It doesn't work. But I also have family members that has been through this aspect. Well, not really. Some did, some didn't. My mom didn't. You know, because she was occupied. She had support. So, a lot of people may not have support when it comes down to it. Especially with their partners. And that's why us men, partners, wise, need to actually be more supportive, more understanding when it comes down to this. It's important. No, I couldn't just snap out of it. Getting better took time and effort. This is true. We cannot force a woman to snap out of things and just think everything will be okay afterwards. No, that's bullshit. 100% total bullshit. If anybody told you differently about this, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. It's all about how they approach it. It's all about the help that they can get. It's all about the support that they need within that given time. Rather, if it's the father, rather if it's the child, rather if it's the family, rather if they went to therapy and got treatments, therapy, or even journaling some of these things, some of the stuff could take care of itself mentally if this happened, believe it or not. Hell, even sometimes it can improve a relationship. Am I wrong? This is important to educate. Read. Self-importance. Mental health. It's important. I miss the old me just as much as you did. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of the stronger aspects of women going through PPA because they're not the same person that they used to be the most, probably the most energetic, they got more energy they're able to do this, they're able to do that you know, go out, have a good time um, clean the house like how they used to they dropped down from, well they went from five, six days out of the week to two times out of the week you know, things are just not the same anymore and they just want to be the old deal want to go outside and play with their children, be in good shape, stuff like that. But sometimes it's just the aspect of how, once again, how they approach and control the situation. Some things have no control, some things do. If you decide to do something about it, yeah, absolutely. Treatments, therapy, journal. I've said these before. You know, A lot of things changes when it comes down to that. It just changes. Everything just drops right before your eyes. There's these emotions, there's hormones. Because you've been pregnant for so long. Nine months. That weight carries on. Sometimes you may not even realize it. But a lot of them, especially if you experienced a lot of uh, pregnancy that caused pain and, and all of that, that 
that that carries with you. That carries with you. And do someone actually wish that this was a different effect? They actually would have changed this and made it different? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You couldn't fix me no matter how hard you try. Yeah. It's true, too. Believe it or not. This is actually the truth. Most of the things that pregnant women or post-pregnant women, postpartum, what they deal with is mostly not the partner's fault. It's just not, it's just not her fault. It's not the partner's fault at all either. Nobody can fix anybody, regardless if you're postpartum pregnant, or rather if you're just living a normal life. You can't fix nobody. That's just a plain hidden sight right there. And even if you even if you knew who you were dealing with as the person wise, you still couldn't change. Couldn't fix it. Us men t- tend to actually take these complaints that women do. We tend to take them uh, uh, seriously. Uh, we take it personally, and we find a way to actually try to get them to say, get them to understand. Hey, what you did just hurt. What you just said hurt. Your verbal language hurt. Yeah, it did. It did. But once again actually read what's going on with postpartum anxiety a lot can be done we can recognize and more support which just comes spewing out like a dam in the stream it could it definitely could I recognize that period was really tough on you, too. This is what also they have to deal with, too. They have to understand that with the pressure you put on us is the pressure that we are being actually dealt with. We're probably going to have a point where our mentality is going to go soft. Our mentality is not going to be the same as it used to be because it's so draining when that happens with women. We're prone to actually arguing back. We're prone to actually trying to make a point that he's doing the best he can. We're doing the best we can. So are you. Everybody's doing the best they can. Let's do the best we can. And that recovery period, believe it or not, is the toughest. For me, it's been during the pregnancy. It was during the pregnancy. That was the most that was tough for me. It was very tough. But you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. It was, it was still an incredible experience. I was able to deal with a, a, a 
understand and look at a lot of things I've never got to experience before. And it was awesome. It was awesome. So maybe I should sit down and listen and understand what other women went through. I can be able to actually prepare myself for this situation. Hey, trust me, it was worth it. It was worth it. But you know, I will say this. No matter, no matter what, I still enjoy the fact that I actually got to read this and actually do my first podcast of Breaking World Health with Durham. I enjoyed it, but it's still hard, but I enjoy it. Welcome to the first episode of Breaking World Health with Durham. I'm just going to actually do a brief breakdown of what is mental health. This right here just pretty much explains postpartum anxiety with pregnant women. That was just the break of it. I'm just going to share a brief detail on what all this means. Before I get into all that, the postpartum anxiety article was on uh, Huffington Post. Um, that was back in May when um, I think it was the uh, postpartum month or something like that sort. I believe that's what it was. Um, Thing. If not, it is every day. 
sometimes I flow right through the pressure and actually handle it. That's why a lot of people sometimes tend to keep their personal life simple. They don't want to bound and get out of the comfort zone because the comfort zone is just what it is. They're comfortable, they're set, and they're well adjust to where they're at. It's a tough thing. In the U.S., the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Illness estimates that almost one in five adults experience mental health problems each year. 11.2 million adults in the U.S., or about 4.5% of adults, have severe psychological conditions. In 2017, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, which I like to say NEO or NHIM. Regardless, regarding to age, sex, income, or ethnicity, everyone has some risk of developing a mental health disorder. Now, mental health disorders are the leading causes of disability. So, I will discuss what causes mental disorders, mental health in a way, in depth in future episodes. This is just an introduction to mental health. This is like my journal. I'm not a psychologist or the guy to seek advice for. I'm just a guy that just wants to give up my opinions about mental health. The journey of healing in America is never easy. Being other problems other than mental health. So let's help one on that. Let's help one on that. Why I say this? Because I want to bring awareness to mental health. And there's a lot going on in the mental health world, in the mental health community. And they need just as much as help as all the other groups in the community that need just as much as support. Mental health is right up there. And we've seen recently a lot of athletes. I discussed that in my other podcast, what I do with my brother Darren, or Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. I go actually in not in depth, but I do discuss mental health in athletes. And last week I did Ben Simmons, and the week before that I did Simone Biles. Ben Simmons didn't necessarily come out as having a mental problem or anything like that. It's just that his game was struggling the way that it was, and it was a mental thing. Simone Biles in Miami Osaka was one of the ones that actually came out as them suffering from mental health, like anxiety or depression, something like that. So on that podcast, I go into athletes in the sports world. This here is what I'm doing with the whole world, excluding athletes, because I have a platform for that. But it's important to bring these issues up. And there's a lot of assholes out here that do not actually believe in mental health. Why? Because they are adapted and adjusted to their own nonsense. To the point where they don't care about nothing else but their own self. And when they actually...
actually deal with their own self, if they're not actually going to be the solution, they shouldn't even be the problem. But believe it or not, they're the problem, no solution. There's support everywhere. There are people that are the problem. They're everywhere. Our world is divided. Our world is divided. And it's just not in the mental health aspect. It's just not. Racism, too. We're divided there, too. So many support everywhere is suffering. But join me as I share my story, my journey, and the world's stories. I challenge you to listen to a story today. Just one. Just one. Because you never know what people are going to deal with when it comes to mental health. We're never to judge. We're never to pass judgment among those. Never. And I think it's important that when we bring these awareness, we're helping one another. We're helping one another. There are so many mental health issues, epilepsy, uh, PPA, uh, the postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, depression. There's so much. Schizophrenia. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to share my opinion on these things. And I think that's important. Very important. But ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up episode one of Breaking Mental Health with Daryl. Join me next week. I am going to actually talk about financial pressure and mental health. I am going to talk about my personal journey. And I'm also going to share some things that I think that has helped me up to a point where I have a satisfaction point, not exactly a feeling great or, you know, I'm healed and stuff like that. But things that has helped me to help contain my mental health. So join me next week as I talk about that. Once again, I'm Gerald Watts. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes to listening, you are one step closer to raising awareness. Let's go.